And welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Because I can't podcast nothing at all. This week on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, Dan and I are going to review Season 2, Episode 12 of The Simpsons. What's the title of this episode, Dan? Uh, The Way We Was. The Way We Was, of course. This is our very first flashback episode, right? Uh, As in flashing back to several years ago and not three days ago, yes. Yes, yes. (laughs) Correct. But but yeah, that's the... uh, that's the idea here. We're going to tell the story of how Homer met Marge. And it's one of the better episodes of the entire series. It's a little ditty about Homer and Marge. We'll get we'll get to that in like five years. <laughs> five years. Good luck. I know. Uh, but first, I'd like to give shout outs to our wonderful shows here on CKCC Radio. Every single weekend... We record a new episode of The Nerd Table for release on Monday at 7 a.m. Me and Eric and Dan talking about nerd culture. Check us out every single week there. Jeff Trellowitz has two podcasts alternating each and every week, Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks. On the last Real Paranormal Talk, we talked about Gettysburg, one of the coolest episodes, and he told some stories that I even could relate to. The first Monday of every month is Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton, and Adrian has promised a bonus Christmas episode, or maybe it's just a bonus episode in general, to end out 2020. Since he started in February, he's short on his 12 episodes a year, so I think that'll be a cool little bonus thing. Jay Bunny's Music Hub, providing new content as well as old content. The Bored to Death Binge Cast continues to watch anime, but also review The Mandalorian. The Race Nerd Podcast with Matt Hardman just released another new episode. And two brand new shows debuted. By the Numbers, where ref Matt Derline interviews wrestlers that he has been the referee for their matches. And our newest show, The A Show, in which Matt Derline, Chris Decker, and a guest draft the roster of a specific wrestling promotion and that year to three different shows and then build a card to determine who has the best card. A very interactive show for wrestling fans. I know last first episode was ECW 95 and their special guest was Joe Sposto. Also, also known as formerly known as Leonard F. Carson. Yes. The inventor of the game was the first guests that they have and they've and got- he talks about wanting to be on this show and i'm telling you what we're gonna have to record two because the first one is just gonna be me geeking out <laughs> over him <laughs> so there you go very very fun new content there that you guys can check out all right so let's talk a little bit about the uh the way we was um um again it's a it's a very very detailed episode another detail-oriented episode that's kind of what we're getting for here with season two so i'll do my best to cover as many details as i can uh if i miss something dan make sure you you're you're pretty good at filling in the gaps that i tend to leave out especially the one that sticks out was when i almost glossed over the best callback about the ivory back scratcher and you're like no wait a minute you got to throw that in there i'm like god damn it i did forget about that because it's a brilliant callback so 
Of course, on the chalkboard, Bart's writing, I will not get very far with this attitude. That's actually something he probably could be in there for. <laughs> so. And then when the family gets to the couch, the couch just collapses through the floor. Any, yep. do, do you think Scott Steiner would have a theory as to why that was? It's fat! Exactly. So, Bart and Lisa are, of course, sitting right in front of the TV as kids normally do. Literally, like, not even measurable in feet. Yeah, they're just in front of it. Marge is like, kids, you don't sit that close, TV's gonna hurt your eyes. And Bart's like, no, it won't. And Homer goes, yes, it will. And shakes his fist at him. Well, so Homer's threat did successfully get them to move back. So there's that, right? So they're watching a uh, a Siskel and Ebert ripoff. Yes. And, and it's the debut of McBain. Yes, McBain. <laughs> now, there is it the clip is out there. I know the video generally gets taken down a lot, so you have to you have to look for it. But every time they do a clip from McBain, if you actually edit them together, it does make a cohesive movie. Every time there's a McBain segment, it's another clip of that mini movie. It doesn't matter how many years later, it's the same from that one movie. Yes. It's it's from the movie. And this is him getting fired from being a loose cannon. <laughs> exactly. And so he kicks his boss out the window. Yeah. That's it, McBay. You're out of here. So he kicks him out the window and goes, that makes two of us. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. And so of course, Scoey already out? Like, is Scoey already in the hospital at that point, I guess? I'm not sure. I don't actually... I, I haven't watched it in a while. I've seen the clip, but I don't actually remember the specific order that it goes in. I'd have to... It's a nice shirt you have there, Scoey. Make sure to look like a homosexual. <laughs> Maybe you are all homosexuals. Well, no, that's... uh. That's not part of the movie canon. That's when yeah, I know, but that's like the different thing. But they made the the musician sidekick be Scoey, though. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that's the that's the best payoff that you can do with that. (laughs) Of course, we also I also love McBain. Let's get silly. It cost eighty million dollars. Yeah, so of course the the Siskel guy hates it. The Ebert guy loves it. They're fighting, and as they're fighting, the TV just starts going out. And the kids scream in horror. So Homer gets up and he hits it a couple of times and he messes with the wires and then he hits it one more time. Yeah, cheap Chinese TV. They literally just got this new TV last season. I know. Well, they also got it cheap. Yeah, that's it. They're staring at a dot now. You could almost make them out. And they're like, oh, you know, when, when Homer and I got together, you know, we never watch TV. Sometimes we we just sit and talk like we're doing right now. I like the line later in the episode when Bart's like, yeah, I'm, I'm living it, but I'm not loving it. <laughs> so they're just like, I can't imagine you guys as, a, as an actual couple dating. How did Dad propose? <laughs> so we get a flashback to Marge and Homer. In Dr. Hibbert's office. We don't even get to how to dad propose. <laughs> yeah. That's a different episode. Yep. <laughs> With the yeah. onion ring at the drive-thru. <laughs> but I freaking love the payoff to this, too, where it's like, how did dad propose? And he realizes because he knocked her up. Oh, yeah, that part, yeah. Kind of oh, like... I have... Oh, 
Well, tell us, Dr. Hibbert. Well, I have good news. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. No, oh, he's like, uh, it's not a very interesting story. Here's a better one. <laughs> so, of course, because of the time frame of, of the episode airing in 1991, in order for them to be seniors in high school, we have to go back to 1974. That Which, long ago? Yeah. 1974 is when they were seniors in high school, and I know that my mother graduated high school in 1969, and That's... she's on the verge of 70. So... <laughs> My mother graduated in 1970. Yeah. So that should tell you right there exactly how, uh, where, where we are right here, age-wise, on The Simpsons. It's also why their ages are so screwed up, because then, then they, like, didn't know each other in the 90s. But that's how these time frame things work. So, yeah, so we got Homer driving to school in his horribly beat-up lemon of a car. He's got a, a chain steering wheel. And why listening to the Joker? Oh yeah, I, I love that. It's why do birds suddenly appear? Comes on, he's like, uh, and he turns on Space Cowboy. Some people call me the Space Cowboy, the Joker, Steve Miller Band. It's actually a good song. They they still play that regularly if you listen to the uh, because because we always have the seventies and eighties station on at work. That's one of the the main stations Some we listen to. Some people call me Maurice. And I like Homer just like horribly singing along. He pulls into the parking space and Barney meets him because they were high school chums. And he's like, hey, you're late for English. Pfft, never going to England. Let's go smoke. So we also see young Marge. She's uh, one of her friends is encouraging her to become basically become a feminist. I love it. This, this, this like tells like how Marge could just change completely 180. Oh any, yeah, any she, idea she has, any thought she has, instantly. Because all she, because like yeah, that she goes from not knowing anything about the feminist movement to leading a rally, all because she immediately. She, what she's even say? She like she read eighteen magazines or something. <laughs> it's like holy crap. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, things are pretty great. And she's like, well, read this. And then she reads it. And then the next segment, we see her. She's burning her bra. Yeah. I didn't know it would burn that fast because of the tissue paper. So we know that Homer and Barney get detention because Principal Don DeLinger catches them smoking in the boys' room. Yeah, but they would have been early for lunch. Yes. I like how they would have also been late for Woodshop, which you would have thought that that was one of the classes that they would have actually wanted to go to. Because, like, was that the thing? Like, if you took a shop class, that was the one class you were looking forward to? Because I took I took a I took a tech design class my senior year in high school, and that was one of the only classes I genuinely enjoyed. Oh, thank God! Doing architectural drawing counted as the, my art credit because I don't think I would have ever gotten an art credit. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> that was my yeah that was my, tech design was my art credit. Yeah, because we we worked with like printing presses and stuff like that. It was a really cool class. I literally did like pre-blueprint drawings and it was like everything was with a t-square and uh you know and, and i'm like thank god yeah i also like I uh, creative, i'd be fucked <laughs> i love how when the principal catches them he's like detention you know when and where and they're like old building room 106 like they just know immediately and then marge burns and, her bra yeah 
And she has no idea when detention is. And he's like, detention, you know where. Actually, I don't. <laughs> oh, so he has, to, he has to tell her. So... I love how it's it's that it's that period of time where there is an old building, yes, and a new building. yes, that. it's that. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember in my high school when they 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 didn't add they didn't have a building they added a wing. I think the other building was like for the the problem kids to like kind of keep them away from the general populace. I think they had something like that, but yeah, the because uh... like my school didn't have, but where but the school a school district over where my mother grew up. They had it got too big, and instead of building a new building, they got a bunch of outbuildings, <laughs> like essentially trailers the size of a classroom, and they'd have that, and there would be like three or four teachers who that was their classroom. So students had to go outside to go to a certain class to get to a certain classes. I remember the nursing department at my community college was in what almost looked like a little motel. It was like a random building that only had three rooms, and they all had out, outside entrances, but those were the, for the nursing students only. I literally never went in there, because yeah. I had no reason to. Even when I was working there, like doing the, like working on the, the, what, the, the whiteboards and smart boards and all that stuff, I never went in that building. So, so they're in detention, and here's, here's what's kind of funny about this detention scene. First of all, Barney's trying to ask out this super nerdy girl, which makes you wonder what the hell she's doing in detention in the first place. Same thing I probably did. Not doing my schoolwork. <laughs> Possibly. And the only reason I ever got detention. And the thing is, the, the teacher, whoever the teacher is that's in there, has de- 100% has a grudge against Homer. Because he doesn't say a damn thing to Barney of all the talking he's doing. But when Homer tries to talk to Marge when she shows up, he ends up with a whole week of detention, but it was worth it. Worth it. Worth yeah. it. Yeah. Marge walks in and Whitey Bird suddenly appears playing. Barney attempts to swoop in and Homer shoves him out of the way. Marge. And he's like, yeah, he's like, try it. He's trying to say I'm Homer. He gets, he gets another day for every part of his name, Homer J. Simpson. But basically what he, the only thing he's able to figure out is that she's on the forensics team. So that's as far as he pretty much gets here. <clears throat> so now he's got to get some advice from old grandpa. Obviously, it's before he's a grandpa, but it's Homer's dad. They're in the farmhouse eating a hearty dinner of Shakespeare's fried chicken. And he's like, I got a question about a girl. All right, well, grab a beer and let's have a talk. I'm too young for a beer. Yeah, well, let's get a beer. He's like, yeah, sure, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. My my favorite was when he's like, he's like, is this? What do you think this girl is? Is she in your league? He's like, no. He goes, oh, Homer, you got to go for the dented cars. He's trying to tell him that if the girl's out of his league, not to even bother. Just just so horrible advice. So, so it's time to figure out what does Marge like that I can, uh, I could kind of join him join her with so he goes to his guidance counselor I, I love that it's the two guidance counselors with the last name sorted and he has to count to figure out which one he's supposed to go see see in my school there was like three or four of them but they were they were broken up by yeah by last name yeah we had we had four i think we also my graduating class alone was 360 students and we were the smallest class mine was somewhere in the 
there-ish. Hey, you can Three actually... If you watch the Class Action Park documentary on HBO, you can see my high school. They, oh, yeah? they do a shot of it, Vernon Township High School. They just throw a shot in it when they're talking about the town in general. Just, there's the high school. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know why that was almost a big deal because, you know, every town like that had a high school. So I really didn't well, understand. I mean, to be fair... I graduated in a class of probably less than 10 because I... Summers after senior year, you get one last credit. Oh, there you go. So... <laughs> so, of course, uh, Homer's able to figure out that Marge is, in the, is on the debate team. And that's uh, where he's going to go try to meet up with her and, and sign up. But first, the, guy, the guidance counselor's like... Uh, Oh, I love that how he goes in there. He's like, I need some guidance, counselor. It's about a girl. He's like, uh, that's not really what I do. But uh, here, here's what she does. Oh, and uh, have you thought about your your uh, prospects after, like, what you're going to do after high school? He's like, yeah, I'm going to drink a lot of beer and stay out late and party. He's like, yeah, no, I meant career-wise. Have you tried the nuclear power plant? They won't require a college education to work there. And I love when Homer throws a pamphlet out. He goes, imagine me working in a nuclear power plant. Kaboom! So, foreshadowing? <laughs> I mean, he does basically cause several meltdowns. Never to the point of the actual explosion, but he is 100% responsible for several alarms going off. Good job, Homer. So Homer's going to join the debate club, or debate team, or whatever, and so he can fight the, uh, the fight the speed limit. <laughs> Which I love when the, t- when the teacher's like, we're gonna we're discussing reducing the speed limit to 55. And he's like, no way! Are people gonna get where they're going? And he makes, like, a whole argument against the teacher. And she's just like, yeah, I'm gonna put you in con. And Everyone, we... Wait. And we also meet Artie Ziff for the first time. And he's the stereotypical 70s high school student. He's got... He's got the afro... He looks like he just walked off the disco floor. He's so respected, or at least he thinks he is. And he's John Lovitz. Other than uh, other than Kelsey Grammer and Phil Hartman, I think John Lovitz is one of the biggest recurring guest voices that they have. Oh, and Joe Montana for Fat Tony. But yeah, I think this is one of their better recurring guest stars. I don't count like Marsha Wallace. Because Edna Krabappel is such a recurring character. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like, John Lovitz does a lot of voices on The Simpsons. And he, he usually has a pretty fun character here. So, yeah, we, we meet Artie Ziff. And we learn that, you know, Marge has admired him for many, many years. I think what she... Ba- I don't remember the exact number of years she said, but I think it boiled down to, like, they've basically been grade school friends forever. So, of course, anybody who's ever known anything about television plots already knows where this is going. That's Homer's competition right there, right? Because who el- what else could it possibly be? So. The competition. So, yeah, so Homer stays up all night coming up with his argument. <laughs> what, do you remember what his argument was? Yeah, <laughs> he, he drops his pants and moons him. 
He just writes no way on one index card, and then when he gets up to do his rebuttal, his rebuttal is literal. He drops down his pants and moons him. And then, uh... It's funny, because they did switch the speed to 55, and then within 10 years put it back up to 65 and 70 in places. Yup. <laughs> so, after that, after the little debate team deal, he ambushes Marge during gym class, and he's like, listen, I'm not asking you to like me, I'm not asking you to put yourself in a position where I can touch your goods, I'm just saying to give me a chance. He's like, look, I even have references. And March actually checks the references. Like the They're coach. all references to begin with, right? It's all people that should be like in his favor, but it's the coach who's like, yeah, he's a piece of trash. The shop guy who's just like, yeah, he's a solid C student. Yeah. And then Barney, who, of course, is gives two ringing of an endorsement. Oh, yeah, Barney's endorsement's great, and then he hits on Marge's friend. She's like, so what's what's the what's the verdict here? It's like, oh, well, you seem like a nice enough guy, but I'm too busy, you know. I I tutor. Oh, is that for anybody? Well, it's just so ha- she's like, well, are you having trouble with French? Yeah, that's the subject I'm having trouble with. So she agrees to come over and tutor him. And now Homer has got to set himself up for the big date. He's combing his hair and he's already losing some. And he's like, ah, oh, that's not a big deal. Plenty where that came from. Yeah. He dims the lights, puts on makeout music. And Marge is like, what's this all about? He goes, this helps me study. Well, not me. Turn it off and let's get going. Stop with the, with the makeout music. <laughs> yeah. Turn it off. Let's get going. He's like, okay. Uh, what's actually kind of cool about this scene is that Marge's tutoring works. Like Homer actually retains information and can speak French. No, he wasn't even enrolled in a French class. So I think that kind of works as the, uh... yeah, I actually think that works as like the Marge and Homer dynamic, right? Is that Marge makes him a better person. That's part of the, part of the thing. And then he pops the question. And yes. she has such a good time that she says yes. And then he's like, oh boy, well, let me tell you. This was all a ruse. <laughs> oh She's my like, god! Yeah. Slaps him, yells at him, and stomps out. Yeah, she said. She says she hates him, and then he immediately gets on the phone with Barney and says, "Guess who's got a date to the prom?" <laughs> so they so go back to school. Artie has won his award, right? Yeah. Well, what's what's kind of uh, also we missed the the famous line where Marge says that maybe she'll wear her hair up to prom. Oh yes, yes. And Homer's honesty got him slapped, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so Marge... But he's so dumb, he thinks that they're still on for the prom. Because the prom is weeks away, right? Or yeah. months over a month away. The, uh, the, funniest, the funniest part is that he keeps her out till 1 a.m., so she basically blows her debate. But since Artie won it, everything's fine. And then he's like, you know what? I got something to ask you, Marge. And then he pulls out note cards to try to ask her to the prom. But she actually agrees. So Artie's going to be the date. And now it's time for prom. Of course, like Lisa the whole time is like, I know the story doesn't just end like this. What what happens? And Bart's like, we already know what happens. They're sitting here telling us the story. They get together. 
but we gotta we gotta finish it so it's the big night marge is getting ready she's putting on her makeup and her mom's like pinch your cheeks it's like why don't i just use rouge no ladies pinch whores use rouge (laughs) (laughs) and of course we got to set up something that will definitely be foreshadowing for the future as soon as patty and selma answered the door to meet homer they hate him already immediately He's just like, who or what are you? I'm Marge's date. Yeah. And then the uh, but the dad likes him because he thinks he's the other guy. Yep. And then uh, yeah, then Marge comes down, and she's like, "Oh, where?" He's like, "What are you doing here? You're my date to the prom. Remember, you said you'd go with me. Yeah, I also said I hated you. I never wanted to see you again. <laughs> I was afraid of that. That's why I avoided you for a month." <laughs> and then of course yeah. oh I forgot the friggin line uh, Marge's dates get homelier because she doesn't put out is what Patty and Selma say <laughs> oh my god they are just they really are it's, it's funny because they do have a good relationship but they're also like terrible older sisters at the same time but uh yeah so Artie shows up and they're like well, don't we look handsome? He's like, well, yes, we do. Because even though he's like the intellectual nerd type, because he's so smart, he's got the arrogance thing going, so he's like the worst possible kind. And, yep, there's your success. So Homer's in the limo, and Driver's like, hey, Pelly, where's your date? It's not it's not officially Raphael, the sarcastic guy, but it's like the the precursor to him, and they always got the funny sarcastic guy. And he's like, oh, I guess you uh, want me to take you home there. Well, no, I paid for two dinners and this limo and this tux. We're going to the prom. Righto. Best part is Homer gets two dinners out of the deal, right? <laughs> uh, I love when the principal is watching everybody as they come in and he's like, is that a bong? Oh, you have asthma? Okay. It just lets it's the clearly guy. A bong, it's clearly a bong. So, yeah. Marge and Artie get their picture taken, and the whole night is based on Marge always looking over her shoulder at Homer by himself. Like, their picture together, she's looking out, and then, like, she's looking at him when they're doing everything else. Uh, Barney streaks through the... Because that was that was also the thing, right? At the time, was streaking yeah, was a thing? Someone streaked in the Oscars and during, like, the World Series and stuff. It was, like, a big thing, yeah. Yeah. And people would streak, and that was a big thing. And they play, let's make all of the streaks. Of course, because what else would you play? Boogity, uh, boogity. And I like how all the kids laugh, and then the principal's just like, yep, that gentleman just bought himself a month of detention. It's like, yeah, the, um, they're graduating in, like, three weeks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you graduate. We graduated at the beginning of June, and prom was like May, <laughs> so it's not like it's that far off. Yeah, so uh, good old Artie and Marge get named king and queen of prom, and Artie give, of course gives the arrogant speech. You didn't elect an athlete; you elected your intellectual superior. Good for you. And. The, the the part that the part that kind of gets me a little bit is when Homer's just out in the hallway crying, and he's like, "I just don't understand it. We were meant to be together. Usually, when I have a thought like this, there's a part of me saying yes and a part of me saying no. But this time, it was all yes. How can that be wrong?" And Marge is just like, 
Well, I don't know, but it is. Like, that's so cold. And then after prom, Homer's like, he's like, okay, where to, Pat? Where to, Casanova? He's like, take me to make out point. Oh, okay, but I'm only paid to drive the limo. <laughs> so, they're at the makeout spot, and Artie is moving in on Marge. She's saying no, she's saying no. And he rips her dress, and she friggin' smacks him in the face. And he's like, I'm so sorry. He drives her home, sees Homer walk in, because Homer can't afford to pay for the limo anymore. So he's got to walk home. It even seemed like the driver was willing to take him home, and he was just so depressed he didn't even he didn't even think about it. Doesn't he like get to the Bouvier house, and the dad is yelling about, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe she almost went out with that first guy." Yeah, and then they're like, "Calm down, Dad. She left with the good one." Yeah, the good one. Jesus. <laughs> and also, Artie's like, "Please don't tell anyone about my busy hands." I'm so damn respected, it would ruin the town to hear it. She's like, yeah, right. And then she goes back and picks up Homer as he's walking on the side of the road to give him a ride home. And she's like, this is who I really should have went to the prom with. And he's like, you know, Marge, I got a problem. Once you stop this car, I'm going to hug you and kiss you and I'll never be able to let you go. And he's like, and I never did. And there's Lisa and Tranch, and then there's Bart doing the the gagging motion. Classic, classic, uh, classic ending. And then over the closing credits is Homer horribly singing the Joker. (laughs) Some people call me the Space Cowboy. That's like the best part is just Homer's just horrible, horrible singing. But... Yeah, that's the way we was. Dan, you interested in some trivia about this episode? Because I got some. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, well, guess what, Dan? You're getting your damn trivia. Your Dan trivia is what you're getting. So in the way we was, we had the very first appearances of Rainier Wolfcastle, a.k.a. McBain. We meet Artie Ziff for the first time. We meet Harlan Dondelinger, the principal of the old high school. He does come back in some other episodes. Uh, the guidance counselor, Mr. Sikoski, does return in a couple of future episodes. And Clancy Bouvier, who we really don't know that much about because he is passed away in current uh, current events. Marge's late father. Uh, as we mentioned, this is the very first episode that does the prolonged flashback, which would become a theme in later episodes. Now, this is going to shock you, Dan. This one's going to shock you. Did you know that McBain is actually a parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and violent 1980s cop films like Lethal Weapon? <gasps> what? <laughs> what? <clears throat> And there was an actual action movie called McBain that was released in 1991. It starred Christopher Walken as Robert McBain, the ex-soldier who takes on a Colombian dictator. I didn't know that was a real thing, and now I'm going to have to watch it. So we all we, we do know that Homer smoked as a teen. This is the only time we actually see him smoking cigarettes, though. In later episodes, it would basically just stick to cigars and pipes. 
So the producers could not get the Carpenters' permission for Close to You, so they got soundalikes instead. I think it sounded pretty close. What do you think? I thought it was the actual song. Well, there you go. Then I guess it worked. <laughs> uh, Homer has posters of Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin in his room. I think that's... Uh, that kind of goes to Homer's musical taste. We also know in later episodes he refuses to change with the times and listen to modern music. Well, you know, rock game perfection in whatever year is, is the thing. Uh, in I Married Marge is when we're going to get the actual story behind that flashback scene with Dr. Hibbert. We're not there yet, but we will get it. Did you notice that the shop teacher, Mr. Sikowski, was missing a finger? Would not surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the episode ran long, so Artie Ziff's goodnight line was supposed to be, Good night, I'm Artie Ziff. Apparently the episode ran so long they couldn't add an extra second. Jacqueline Bouvier's hair is only a slightly lighter shade of blue than Marge's. That was intentionally done to tell them apart and also show her aging. Because if you notice when they do future flashback episodes or flash forward episodes, Marge's hair is a much lighter hue of blue because it's starting to gray. Makes sense, right? So, so what what are we going to do when this episode gets dubbed into French, Dan? What happens then with the uh, the Marge tutoring scene? Oh, it's easy. We just switch it to Italian. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that works, right? <clears throat> and did you notice that the name of the band was the Larry Davis Experience? It was the same band from Some Enchanted Evening. So they've been around oh. for quite a while. At least, at least 10 years. No, more than that, because they weren't even married yet. They just met. If Bart was born in 19... Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely been some time. <clears throat> and uh, that wraps up the trivia. What do you think of this episode overall, Dan? I think it's one of the, the best in the whole series, honestly. It's important. It's an important backstory. It's got a lot of heart. It's uh, it's got the the, it's got a good it's a good backstory because I think eventually everybody does the flashback episode to tell some origin. We know how Peter and Lois Griffin met, right? We've seen that. Uh, Big Bang Theory does the episode where we find out how Leonard and Sheldon initially became roommates. Uh, what are some other good flashback episodes that you can remember? I know you've you've seen a lot of classic sitcoms. Yeah, I don't remember. Did Coach do anything? I know that's a show you watch in its entirety. Did I don't remember. did they have anything like that? Or I, I mean, it's remember. it's a, it's a sitcom trope, right? I mean, some sitcoms like How I Met Your Mother, the whole damn series is a flashback. <laughs> so it really depends on uh, where you're going with that. But yeah. Really, really good episode. It's in my top 30. When I did my top 30 blog a while back, it's in there. I don't remember exactly the positioning, but it's high up there. Uh, Sam, if you're listening to this, my old pal Sam from Universal, this is his favorite episode. It's a really good one. It's got heart, soul, emotion, and it's got it's got the jokes that you still want it to have to be, to be funny. It 
does the flashback stuff, but it doesn't throw the flashback stuff in your face. Like, okay, yes, it's 1974. So, yeah, there were feminist movements and, you know, the streak was popular, right? But it doesn't, it doesn't bash you in the head with 70s culture, right? Like, that's my one big complaint about Captain Marvel was it too many times they were like, oh, this is the 90s. We're being hip. Because it's the 90s, and eventually, at first you're like, oh, cool, 90s references. And then by the end, you're like, oh, God, more 90s references. I don't know if you got that feeling, but I certainly did. You get to that point where you just, you just, you don't need the references. But, but very good episode. Really like this episode. Uh, next time, here on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, as we get to the unlucky 13th episode of the season... Will be Homer versus Letha. Letha. Lisa. It went to Duthie Road there for a minute. Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment. This, of course, is the Eighth Commandment is Thou Shall Not Steal. And this is a very good Lisa episode. We'll talk about that in more detail next week. Uh, I do have some time off coming up, so maybe we'll shoehorn in a couple of episodes. You might be listening to this earlier than a week. Uh, Dan and I will work on that schedule. Once I'm on my vacation. But at the very least, keep tuning in to more Stupid Sexy Podcast right here on CKCC Radio. Any last words, Dan? Uh, or do we just bid these guys a farewell? A fond farewell. <laughs> we shall see you guys next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Because I can't pack ass nothing at all.